Hello and welcome to Policy Voices by Friends of Europe, an independent think tank with a difference. Each week from Brussels, we bring you powerful conversations with policy voices from around the world. Policy Voices talking policy choices. Welcome to the fifth and final episode of the five-part special democracy series brought to you by Debating Europe, the Citizens Engagement Unit of Friends of Europe. I'm Katerina Villanova, host of Policy Voices, and in this final episode we asked two experts if they would rather complement or replace representative democracy with participatory and deliberative democracy. First, listen to Sophie Verité, PhD researcher at the Institute of Security and Global Affairs of Leiden University, followed by Roberto Foa, director of the Cambridge Centre for the Future of Democracy. Participatory and deliberative democracy is the future of democracy, and we've talked a lot at the World Forum for Democracy about the fourth branch of government and how we can make this a permanent part of the way we govern our societies. However, I don't think this is meant to replace representative democracy. I think this is meant to complement it. Personally, I would say complement. Uh, I think that, uh, yes, it's true that representative democracy has problems today that we do see in some countries, uh, parliamentary gridlock, uh, we see problems of representation, uh, we see problems of uh, populist mobilization uh, in some countries uh, rather than real mobilization around substantive policy solutions. But all of that said, I'm not convinced that uh, greater sort of participatory democracy or deliberative uh, democratic models is necessarily going to fix those problems. I would much rather we thought, thought about ways in which we can fix representative democracy. And, and some of those solutions are actually probably fairly simple. So, you know, in the United States, uh, you know, there's very low hanging fruit with campaign finance reform. Uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, I think a lot could be done with electoral reform uh, to make people's votes count more. Uh, and in the European Union, uh, you know, there are very simple steps that could be done, like linking the outcomes of European parliamentary elections to the composition of the European Commission afterwards, so that there was a real uh, democratic voice and a real democratic effect there. So I think there are lots of things we can do uh, to restore uh, the efficiency of representative institutions uh, without necessarily having to replace them with something else. Thank you for staying on that side and following this five-part special democracy series brought to you by the Bidding Europe, the Citizens Engagement Unit of Friends of Europe. This series came along as part of the work to design a renewed social contract for Europe. In an era dominated by global issues such as climate change and the rise of artificial intelligence, the traditional decision-making tools inherited from the past two centuries are proving to be inadequate. All of this is leading to a profound lack of trust in policymakers and institutions and fostering a sense of alienation among citizens from the democratic process. This is why Debating Europe is on a mission to reimagine a democracy fit for the 21st century, one that fosters trust and empowers citizens to actively participate in shaping the strategic and policy decisions that will shape not only their lives, but also the future for generations to come. Throughout this series, we heard from artists, activists, academics, CEOs and researchers on whether lowering the voting age to 16 is the key to help regenerate democracy or if civic education is a silver bullet to restore trust in our democracies. We would love to hear what you thought of this series, so get in touch with Debating Europe via our social media. 